This is Carol McLeod, Bible teacher and author, and I'm so honored that you've joined me today on A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. You, my friend, are the temple of the living God. His Spirit dwells in you. Now, God is very interested in the condition of His dwelling place, and that means He's interested in you. Welcome to our current Bible study entitled, Refined, Finding Joy in the Midst of the Fire. Why did God want a sanctuary? He wanted a sanctuary so he could dwell in and among his people. The first sanctuary that God asked his people to build is found in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8. It says, let them construct a sanctuary for me that I may dwell among them. One of God's most important concerns is the building of his tabernacle. It's where his glory dwells. It is where mankind fellowships with the glory of God. It's also where we give him our offerings and worship him wholeheartedly. I believe that the most important business of every generation takes place in the tabernacle. God has opinions about what the tabernacle should look like. He has opinions about what the tabernacle should be built of and what type of furnishings go inside that tabernacle. Let me read to you further from Exodus 25 verse 9. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. In the Old Testament, God required strict and exact obedience to his instructions concerning the building of the tabernacle. The tabernacle was not to stray from God's specific blueprint. The instructions were not meant to be burdensome or legalistic, but just to demonstrate the fact that people can only come to God on God's terms and not on their own terms. Well, we're going to study today the two specific things in the tabernacle of Moses that were to be made of pure gold. It was God's instructions that these two objects, these two items were to be made of only pure gold. And what were those two items? Well, they were the mercy seat and the lampstand. There were other items in the tabernacle that were overlaid with pure gold, but these were the only two that were made through and through and through entirely of pure gold. We're going to study these two items in the Old Testament tabernacle and then figure out how they apply to our lives today. Let's read Exodus 25 verse 17. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold, two and a half cubits long and one and a half cubits wide. So the mercy seat was located in the Ark of the Covenant, the most holy place in the entire tabernacle. And this term mercy seat means the seat of grace or the location of grace. Now the word mercy specifically means a thing of wiping out, a thing of cleansing or to cover over. 
So what was the mercy seat? The mercy seat was the place where the sin of the people was entirely wiped out. It's where the blood of the sacrifice covered the sin. And as I said, the mercy seat was kept inside the Holy of Holies. It was in the holiest place of the entire tabernacle. The mercy seat is where the blood of a lamb was sprinkled in the presence of Yahweh. There were two cherubims which were placed on either side of the mercy seat, and God would dwell in a cloud above their outstretched wings. The mercy seat was where the highest and most perfect act of atonement took place. Now remember, the mercy seat was one of two pieces of furniture in the tabernacle that God instructed was to be made only of pure gold. So the mercy seat, that's a lot of historical information. What does that have to do with you and with me? Well, first of all, if you want to be a pure gold believer, you must encounter the mercy seat because pure gold only comes from pure gold. The mercy seat is a place of mercy. It's where the forgiveness of sins by Jesus Christ happens. And you will never be pure gold. You will never be refined unless you encounter the blood of Calvary. The sprinkling of the blood of a lamb is what turns you into pure gold. So it's red, the blood of Jesus, plus black, your sin, equals pure gold. Religion won't cause you to be a pure gold Christian. Good works won't do it. Appearing to be gold won't do it. Faking it won't do it. That's fool's gold. Riches and education and losing weight and stamps in your passport won't develop pure gold in your life. Only encountering the mercy seat will turn you into pure gold because pure gold only comes from pure gold. We cannot come to God on our terms. We must come to him on his terms. And once we encounter the mercy seat, we become a mercy seat. We become a place of mercy or covering. 1 Peter 4, 8 tells us, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Your life should be a place where love covers, where people are safe and forgiven. Do you remember the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verses 12 through 16? Let me read it to you for a minute, and we're going to talk about what this prayer has to do with our lives becoming a mercy seat. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. The Lord's Prayer is our model. Jesus said to pray this way. 
And in verse 12, as we pray, we pray and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. But when I read to you verses 14 and 15, it's the only point of prayer that Jesus reiterated outside the context of the exact prayer that we're supposed to pray. Let me read those verses to you one more time. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. This word for forgive is the Greek word aphiemi, and it means to set free, to let go, to release, to liberate completely. In a 21st century paraphrase, perhaps I could say it to you this way, let it go. You and I do not have the privilege of holding people hostage to their past actions. We are obligated as a mercy seat to let it go. You are to put away the offense and no longer hold on to it, no longer think about it or even talking about it. If you're still thinking about it or talking about it, it's because you've not forgiven that person's offense to you. You are listening to the devil rather than to the Lord if you keep bringing up past offenses and pain that people have caused you. The devil loves to engage believers in conversations about past hurts and pains. He loves to plant thoughts in your brain or put you in situations where you are reminded of past offenses. Let it go. When the devil realizes that you're no longer talking to him or thinking about it, he will leave you alone. But as long as you're still biting, he's still offering the hook with the worm. You must decide to set this person free from any lingering pain that it has caused you. If you've truly forgiven, you are not allowed to drag it up time after time. You never have the right or the privilege to pull out that offense later and use it against the person. No, it's gone. Forgiveness wipes it out. Love covers it. Forgiveness is important to God. It's a pure gold issue. God the Father sent his son Jesus to die so that you would be forgiven. We must do things God's way to cash in on the blessings of God. This is coming to him on his terms and not on our terms. Some of you have been praying for something for a long period of time, and you're wondering why the prayer hasn't been answered. Examine your heart. Put it through the fire. See what comes to the top. When I approach the throne of God in prayer with unforgiveness in my heart toward a person made in the image of God, there's a blockage. There's a huge detour. And God says to me, go back and forgive the person, and then we will talk. If you're a parent, you understand this principle. I have five children, and when they were young, when one was angry with the other or one had mistreated another, what if the angry one, what if the mistreater had come to me and said, Mama, I love you. Even though I hate my brother, can I still have a brand new bike? No, no, you cannot. Let's settle the issue with your brother because that's so much more important than your new bike. 
Jesus cares more about our relationships than he does about our requests. Certainly, in order to be a mercy seat in the temple of God, you will be constrained to forgive. Be just like Jesus, forgive others, and he will see his reflection in your life. Thank you for joining me on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can also visit my website at justjoyministries.com. It's my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. Email me at carol at justjoyministries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.